You're watching the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. All right, folks, this is Anthony with the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network coming to you with another episode. And this one um, is really for our listeners uh, on the uh, audio version of the podcast. And so we're diving into a series. Uh, I'm going to do uh, some weeks on this leading up to uh, uh, Christmas time. And so uh, I'll be uh, preparing for vacation and all that good stuff. So I'm going to do my best to try to knock out this powerful series. Now, um, my, my brother Kenji, this is a shout out to Kenji. He's the one that inspired this, this series. Uh, and we're going to be looking at the parables of Jesus. And so I've kind of titled this understanding the wisdom of Jesus through the parables. Um, and so we're going to go through uh, various different parables, uh, and again, shout out to my man, Kenji. He kind of inspired this. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, some of the most popular ones. Um, this week, we are going to start off with the Good Samaritan um, in Luke. But we are going to continue forward. Uh, we're going to look at the prodigal son, which is another powerful one. The parable of the mustard seed. Uh, the parable of the lost sheep the parable of the talents, uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, one of my favorites. Uh, we're also going to uh, just try to dive into these and look at the different interpretations, the different nuances, the different ways that people interpret the parables of Jesus. And so, uh, as I said this week, we're going to start off with the Good Samaritan. And I think during this time of year, um, this is an important one. And for my particular uh, podcast, this is an important one because it focuses on loving your neighbor. And so this um, this story in Luke is captivating. It has captivated people for centuries. People have talked about this um, in passing. It be, it's become a cultural colloquialism, you know, being a good Samaritan. Right. And so being able to dive into this and really take a deeper look at what Jesus uh, was trying to help us to understand, I think is going to be uh, important on the surface. Uh, it's a simple tale of compassion, you know, and we may even see, see empathy in this, but beneath the surface lies a deep message about love, prejudice, and the nature of true neighbor, neighborliness, <laughs> if, if I can call that a word. Um, as we dissect this um, from various angles, we're going to look at how Jesus challenges societal norms and promotes radical compa compassion, especially for the time. Um, we can learn about the concepts of, of uh, neighborliness and its relevance in today's world. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be a good neighbor in today's world because people aren't very neighborly, right? We'll explore the different interpretations of this parable and discuss how its message continues to resonate in our lives today. Make sure as you're listening, I want you to consider some questions. Um, and if you're listening to this, make sure you open up your Bible 
you have some note-taking capability because as we kind of walk through these parables, um, you're going to, I think you're really going to enjoy uh, what God has to say through these parables. And so the first thing that I want you to really think about is how do you define your neighbor? Because that's going to be the question that Jesus asked the Pharisees. And in what ways uh, can cultivating a spirit of compassion and kindness towards those who may be different from us? How can we do that? What ways can we cultivate that spirit of compassion and kindness towards uh, those that are different from us? And, and number three, uh, I want you to share your thoughts with me on social media. So go to Facebook because this will probably be posted on Facebook, um, go to um, Instagram. And I want you to hashtag it with unveiling the parables, hashtag unveiling the parables. Remember, hashtag unveiling the parables in that way so that I know uh, that you are uh, commenting specifically about this particular series. And so we're going to look at Luke uh, chapter 10 verses 25 uh, through 37. Um, very important parable here. Um, as we look at this particular chapter, I think um, you're just going to learn a lot about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is uh, interesting because he is so a matter of fact. You know, there's there, there's not a lot of you know, uh, black and white or, or grays with Jesus. He's straight to the point. He doesn't really mess around, right? <laughs> He's very, very uh, uh, to the point in the things that he says. And so we look at this particular parable, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. It says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, tested him, meaning Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? And so he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus then answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. But by chance, a certain priest came down that road. and When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when arriving at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring uh, on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three 
do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> now, th th this, is, this is so good. What we see in this parable, it showcases the radical love and compassion for others, regardless of societal or cultural barriers. Various interpretations and applications of this, this parable can spark a thought-provoking conversation. So here's a few interpretations and themes that could be explored. Number one, neighborly love, which is something that's close to my heart. I think it's important that we learn how to love our neighbors. How are we treating our neighbors? And so uh, on, the interpreta on this interpretation centers the idea of who are our neighbors and how, we, how we're called to love them. The parable challenges listeners to expand their understanding of neighborliness by geographic proximity or shared cultural or religious ties. That loving my neighbor is bigger than just the person that lives next door to me. Loving my neighbor is bigger than the person that just goes to church with me. Loving my neighbor is bigger than just uh, my coworker. Loving your neighbor is seeing uh, everyone in the, in the uh, I guess, the filter of the Imago Dei, that all people are created in the image of God and that we're called to love all people, that there's a certain amount of dignity and care and concern uh, that we should have for any person, no matter what their background is, no matter uh, what their ethnicity is, no matter how much money they make or don't make, no matter what school they went to, that there should be this neighborly love. And the neighborly love is not based upon uh, a geographic proximity. It is not based upon uh, just uh, how close or or how common you are with people, but it's really about seeing every person as uh, someone created in the image of God. Number two, uh, we can see compassion and mercy in this particular passage. The Samaritan's actions highlight the virtues of compassion and mercy. Um, we need to really uh, focus on the significance of these virtues how can they how can we embody them in today's societies, particularly in response to social injustice and instances of suffering? When you see people hurting, does it matter, you know, what their background is? Does it matter their gender? Does it matter their color? Does it matter, you know, uh, how much money they make or don't make? Why would that even matter when we're being compassionate? And I think in the text. We see that that was the struggle. The priest looked and saw the man and he went over to the other side. He passed by him on the other side. He avoided him. Are we avoiding people because they're different? Are we avoiding people because they look different, because they dress different, because, you know, they, they like different music or they have a different style than us or maybe they have a, a different uh, lifestyle than us? You know, it doesn't matter when it comes down to loving your neighbor. And, and I think we, we've got to, especially when we're talking about, and you know me, 
when we're talking about agapeo, agapeo is doing what God prefers with him and by his power that God actually wants to work through us to draw people to him, to alert people that he is real. And if the folks that have experienced God and have experienced his love and have experienced his presence aren't allowing uh, God to work through them to help other people, then yeah, uh, people are going to say, man, where is God? Especially when they're suffering, because the people of God aren't stepping up, you know, to have compassion and mercy towards uh, people that are in need. Uh, and, and, and that's important. Um, number three, overcoming prejudice. The Samaritan, who was traditionally despised by the Jews, becomes the hero of the story. Jesus just flips everything on its head. This aspect of this parable reflects on us overcoming prejudice and bias and the implications of building bridges across social and cultural divides instead of building barriers. This is important. This is important. And, and, and you know, when we see it, you know, it, it warms our heart to see it. But realistically, in everyday life, uh, it's not, a, a, I guess it's not as um, prevalent as you would hope that it would be. That if someone of a different race, different background, saw somebody else in need, would we go and help them? If you saw someone of a different gender or different expression of, of gender, would we still help that person? If they were in need, would we give them a ride? Would we give them bus fare? Would we call them an Uber? Would, would, would we give them food? Would, would, would we take care of them? And so overcoming prejudice, because I, I don't think we... we we really realize that all of us have a certain amount of bias. You know, most of us would avoid the term prejudice, but we do have prejudice and we have to overcome that. You know, it, it's not that, oh, you're a bad person because you have it. No, I, I think what you have to understand is that when you don't recognize it and you portray that and you live that out in front of people, people know that you have a bias against them. People can tell that you're looking at them funny or sideways. Come on now. Isn't, isn't that true? I mean, they know these things. And so uh, in, in this particular parable, the Samaritan, who is the one that's normally despised by the Jews, is the hero, quote unquote, of the story. He's the one that actually does the right thing. And so we want to overcome our prejudice. The fourth thing that we see in this particular uh, parable is the roles of religious and moral leaders. Now think about this. The actions of the priest and the Levite raise questions about the responsibility of the religious and moral leaders in addressing the needs of those who are suffering. You know, sometimes I think, you know, uh, church leaders seem standoffish. People in positions, you know, of influence, the way that they handle things affects the people around them. If the pastor doesn't care about the poor, then is the church going to care about the poor? If the, if the leaders don't care about extending and opening their doors to 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 all people, then are the people going to be that way? Aren't the people going to be as closed off as the leaders model in front of them? You know, this could lead to discussions on the role of of the spiritual uh, and uh, the community leaders in promoting social justice and the care for the marginalized. Right. If 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 leaders don't care about that stuff, 
then it makes it easier for the people to not care about that stuff. And they only focus on what benefits them or their their relationship with God, me and God, that's all I need. But when leaders show concern and show compassion and show um, leadership in the area of, uh, of, of reaching out to those in need, of caring for those in need, of focusing in on how we can help our communities, no matter what uh, people are in our com- communities, especially if you're living in a diverse community. You know, living in Colorado, man, it's very diverse. And so you have the opportunity to help and to touch various types of people in various lives. You know, as a matter of fact, most congregations aren't uh, completely uh, one race or another race. You know, they're, they're, they're very diverse. You know, they're very diverse. And that's important. And I think that's a good thing, you know, because it keeps you from staying within your, your box, your comfort zone, your safety zone. Uh, because you begin to look at all people as children of God. You begin to look at all people, uh, especially all believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of their ethnic or social or economic background. Um, and so number five, personal sacrifice and costly love. You know, personal sacrifice and costly love. You know, real love is going to cost you something. This parable highlights the personal sacrifice, the financial costs that the Samaritan carried uh, when helping this injured man. It shows that sometimes we have to give and go out of our way for people. And are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? That Jesus is really, uh, as he's talking to these religious leaders, these Pharisees, these lawyers, He's causing them to take what they believe and what they understand and what they have read and put it into action. And he's saying to them, if they don't go and do this, then they won't receive what they think it is that they're trying to receive. Because the question was, how uh, do I how do I obtain eternal life? Well, he said, what does the law say? How do you read it? And then he expressed this parable and he said, go and do this. Don't just know it because you can know what to do and never do it. You can even understand what to do and still not do it, you know, because he was trying to justify himself. Well, who is my neighbor? Well, you you, you spoke to the wrong one because Jesus is going to let you know. Jesus is going to definitely let you know. This aspect could spark a conversation on the nature of sacrificial love and the willingness to bear the cost of helping others. Are you willing to bear the cost of helping others? You know, every believer should want that. Every believer should be able to do that. But every church should be willing to bear the cost of helping others. You know, um, man, you know, sometimes church budgets, man. Yeah, and, and I know, I know because being a pastor, I see the bottom line. I see what we bring in. But sometimes it's like, man, we got to help people. And it might mean that we're going to have to walk by faith to get rent paid, to 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 keep the lights on. But if 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 it's God's will, it's God's bill. Shameless plug. Book will be out soon. Final editing. As a matter of fact, trying to put together uh, the launch party. But if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And so as believers, we have to have the willingness to bear the cost 
of helping others. And this parable really highlights that, really highlights that. Um, when you're looking at the contemporary applications, what does it mean right now in this real world setting? Uh, are there people that are examples in our communities that embody this, this, this uh, principles of, the, of the, the Good Samaritan? Could we provide real world context to listeners? You know, one of the, the great opportunities that we've had as a church is um, our gas giveaways. We go to the gas station and take over pumps. And we begin to give away gas and pump gas. And while one is pumping, you know, the others are praying for those that are in the cars. So often people say, well, why are you out here doing this? Why do you do this? And our answer is we're loving our neighbor. We're doing for others what we would want done for us because we've all, you know, have experienced that. Man, you're digging through change, you know, in order to uh, pay for your gas. You know, you're 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 borrowing here. You're looking for pennies. You're scraping to be able to put some gas in the tank. You know, and to be able to help people um, is phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's wonderful to bear that cost so that we can help them. Uh, we take over laundromats, pay for laundry. You know, there was a guy that came in one time and um, he was trying to choose between buying something to eat and washing his clothes for work. And the Lord had us positioned there so that he didn't have to make that choice. Not only did we take care of his laundry, but we gave him money for food because that's what the Good Samaritan does. You know, Jesus said that if he asked for your coat, you, get, you give him your shirt, too. They ask you to go one mile, you go two. There are instances where we can be that good Samaritan. We can be that individual uh, to help somebody while everybody else is driving past or walking by or ignoring this person. Where are the people that will embody this love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor? This parable, I think, embodies what loving your neighbor looks like. And loving your neighbor costs you something personally. Uh, it costs you time. It costs you uh, 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 energy. And it's going to cost you economically, right? It's going to cost you money to love your neighbor. And so as we are kind of looking through this, you know, and this is just the beginning. We're just getting started on these parables. Um, there is a lot to discern here. There's a lot to talk about here. You know, when I look at the, the passage, you know, the term compassion is what was used in uh, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He had compassion. This is, this is important. He had compassion on him. You know, why is that the term used? Well, because that term really speaks to Jesus's heart. You know that Jesus, you know, he in John chapter nine looked out or uh, Matthew. Yeah. Matthew uh, chapter nine looks out on a crowd and has compassion on them. 
You know, this is something that is embodied by our Savior. And we see here it is embodied by a Samaritan who is normally the one who's marginalized, who's pushed to the side, who's not a good person, right? You know, uh, this term compassion for my Strong's reader, um, uh, 4697. And I'm not going to try to say this word, and you'll know why <laughs> when you get to it and look at it. Very long, difficult word to say. But this word um, has two parts to it. The first part is inward parts, especially of the nobler entrails, the heart, the lung, the livers, the kidneys. These gradually came to denote the seat of affection. And so when you're talking about this inward part, the, the inner self, it means to be moved in the inward parts, to feel compassion, to have pity, or I am moved. And so compassion is not just a feeling, but it's a feeling that produces an action. That if you have compassion, you are, you are moved by it. You are caused to do something. That's what it means to have compassion. Sometimes we think of having compassion as feeling sorry for someone. That's not compassion. In this particular parable, we see that the Samaritan had compassion on him, which means he was moved to do something. Ah, God, thank you. You know, we want to we want to be moved to do something. You know, so often we think of it as just, oh, we just look and we say, oh, that's a shame. But true compassion to be moved, you know, as to one's bowels, you hear the term bowels of mercy, right? To be moved with compassion, to have compassion, that it, it, it moves you to do something. It's not just something you feel, but you move, you're moved. And so here the Good Samaritan is moved with compassion moved with compassion and so we want to be moved we don't want to be individuals that see things and don't allow the spirit of god to move us don't allow what we know to do that's right to move us we we want to be moved with compassion it's interesting because this this person that asked this question is an expert in the law and he's testing Jesus. He's testing Jesus. What, what do I need to do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? This is not the first time that anyone's asked this question of Jesus. As they test him to try to figure out what are you going to say? You know, as if Jesus is going to, you know, say something off the wall. He said, well, what, what does the law say? How do you read it? And of course, he says that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus affirms that this answer, this is the right answer. And if you do that, you'll live. If you do that, you'll live. And so, but the man, he, he didn't want just that. He wanted to somehow prove that he already was, that he already had eternal life. And so he wants to justify himself. He wants to justify the fact that, you know, he may not treat people the right way. He he may he may not be as compassionate as he should be, but because he knows what the word says, that's enough for him to inherit eternal life. But knowing what the word says is not enough. 
You have to be moved by it. True belief. If you really believe something, you you do something. You know, I told my, our congregation, I said, you know, somebody, if I told you that somebody standing outside with a check with your name on it for a million dollars, if you believe that, everybody would get up and run out of the church. The people that don't believe that, I'm like, ah, I'm going to stay right here. I ain't getting up and falling for that. Because when you believe something, it causes you to move. It causes you to go. It causes you to do, right? You don't just believe stuff and not be moved by it. Well, compassion is the same way. And this particular parable highlights compassion as tied to what you believe. Ooh, God. And so if you believe that to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself is the great commandment. Then you'll go do it. You'll go do it. You'll be moved by it. And so my challenge today is, who's your neighbor? Who is it that you've come across that maybe you, 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 you haven't, you know, been a neighbor to? You haven't shown neighbor neighborliness to that individual. Who 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 is your neighbor? Um, in what ways are you cultivating a spirit of compassion and kindness towards people around you that may be different? People that are different sometimes are difficult, and somebody saying, "No, they're always difficult." But but I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes when people are different, they are difficult. But what I want you to understand is that that difficulty can be overcome by love. Mm. Because love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. Love is an unstoppable force. I'm actually, working on, working on a book called Unstoppable Love. It'll be out next year around February, I'm trying to launch it around my, my, my birthday. I've been working on it for a while. Love is an unstoppable force because God's love, God loved you before you even knew who he was. God loved you while you were yet a sinner. God loves in such a way that his love is transformative. It's not something that you just feel. It's something that changes you. Hmm. And Love moves you to to go out of your way, to get out of your comfort zone. And so make sure um, that if you're listening to this, uh, you share your thoughts. Hit me up on Facebook. Uh, message me with uh, your thoughts. Um, make sure you reach out to me and know let me know what's you know what about this particular uh, parable uh, impacts you the most. What questions you may have? I'd love to to answer your questions uh, on this particular parable. Um, so, so I begin to wrap this up. Um, we have six things. Number one, neighborly love. Number two, compassion and mercy. Number three, overcoming prejudice. Number four, the role of religious and moral leaders. Number five, personal sacrifice and the cost of love. Number six, 
the application. How do we apply this? Um, this is a great discussion. I think, you know, uh, going through these parables is going to be um, a lot of fun. I love the parables. Uh, I might even bring on a, a guest or two for some of these parables that are coming up. Um, but I wanted to get this thing kicked off as the Lord had placed it on my heart. Sometimes I, I wait and I'll, I'll lose the fire to do it. I don't know anybody out there that's a podcaster or a creative type that you'll, you'll write a song or a painting or you'll start to put something together. And when you don't just go do it, you'll lose the fire for it. And so uh, hopefully this was a blessing to you. Shoot me your questions. Make sure you reach out to me. And above all things, uh, remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this video, like, subscribe, and share this content with others. Thanks for watching. God bless.